In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Welcome to Witness Podcast, a podcast of testimonies of Jesus Christ. Thanks for returning for episode two. Today's interview is with Sinerica, who's here to tell us her testimony. We're going to get right into her interview. Okay. All right. We're here with Sinerica Gibson, right? Right. Okay. Take it away. It's all yours. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I'll start with childhood. I had a pretty good childhood growing up. Um, I was raised by my mom and my grandparents, um, but I was not raised in church. Um, But I did have relatives around that actually did attend church. Um, They would, you know, come back and tell me little Bible stories or whatever. But, um, But I was lonely, though. There was a loneliness there. And that was pretty much my childhood. I had people around me, but I was still lonely. Um, not too much happened except for, um, we'll just fast forward to when I was, I was introduced to pornography around in the ninth grade. I found some in my, um, my grandfather's box, like a, a book, mm-hmm. you know, magazine in the book. Um, that was the first time. And then, um, some kids at school actually, they had it there and and you know you don't think anything of it you think just you're just looking at it but that seed is planted there once you open up that pandora's box so to speak yeah but um i hated high school though um (laughs) high school i hated it never fit in i always pretended to be somebody that i wasn't to fit in with whoever i was around Mm -hmm. so my identity i didn't really have one at the time, you know, it was like whoever I was with, that's who I would be. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you, you you create this long list of characters, you know, and then you're like, okay, after that, who am I? So you would be a different person, per, depending on who you're dealing with. Yeah. Okay. Depending on who you're dealing with, that's who I was. If I was the talkative person, da da da, I'd, I'd be, I'd try to fit in. Or if I was like the mean girl. I would try to fit in, you know, and so it, it was crazy. And it's a, it was a very confusing time. Um, but I'll fast forward to 1999, the actual year that I accepted Christ. So much happened in that year, and it was like all jam-packed. It was like boom, 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 boom. How, how old were you in 1999? 1999, I was 22. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm 42 now. Um, so I was in a relationship with a guy that I shouldn't have been in the first place. He was much older he was with somebody you know and it was like I got pregnant um I had an abortion you know and that was that you know it was like I told him about it he was like okay you know it was like he didn't care um at the time and so I was like I got an abortion so and then it was like life moved on but there was still something that you know you feel that void or you feel something like man what did i just do but then you brush it off like or whatever um and so in 1999 april of 1999 um in bozier city i don't know um if a lot of people remember the easter tornadoes in 1999 um my aunt and my cousin and her family they lost a lot of their um material possessions and so after work my grandmother and i we were gonna go we we're gonna go shopping for them 
and we were going to surprise them with a whole bunch of stuff and everything. And so she was going to come get me at the mall and she never showed up. And I was like, man, what's taking so long? And so um, I, I called home. Nobody answered the phone. And then my front grandfather finally um, got to where I was. Um, and he was like, your grandmother's in the hospital. And I'm like, okay. And so we go to Bossier Medical Center. Um, it was it was Bossier Medical Center at the time on Shed Road. I don't know if y'all remember where that is. Um, and so something happened. She collapsed right there on the mall parking lot. I know when I was in there, I saw an ambulance go across the parking lot, but I had no idea that she was in the back of it. And that okay. was really crazy. And so um, we we go to the hospital. And my family's there and something happened to her. I think she had a fluid buildup and she was unconscious and nobody really knew what was going on with her. And so I was really upset. I mean, I was practically raised by my mom and my grandparents. So those were the only, you know, parents I knew. Um, and so we're in ICU. She's on life support for a week. Hmm. And not even and before that time I had never prayed. I had never prayed, but something inside of me was like, you need to get to the chapel. And I'm asking around hmm. people in the hospital for the chapel. Where's the chapel? Wow. I need to pray. So I'm in there and I'm bargaining with God, like, Lord, just please save her. I'll do whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life. I don't care what it is. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Hmm. And so um, she ended up passing anyway. Um, my mom and aunt, they, they, she was brain dead. So they had to make the decision of whether or not to take her off of life support. Okay. And so they did, and then she shortly died. That was a very, very, very devastating time for me because it's like, okay, Lord. But, you know, the thing, when I think back about it, I'm like, I never blamed him. You know, because really? a lot of times when something happens, you blame God. Like, God, I'm never going to, you know, I try to bargain with you, this, this. But I never blamed him. And that, for some reason, that to this day has always astounded me. Like, why didn't I blame him? Yeah. Why didn't I say, God, you're this mean, cruel, awful God. Why did you do this? Mm -hmm. um, but after that, you know, it, it was difficult. Um, we worked at the same place. So when I got back to work, it was like she wasn't there anymore. Everybody's coming up to me saying, Eric, I'm so sorry for your loss. It was it was very difficult. Um, but I would but I purchased a Bible like and I was reading. I just started reading it from cover to cover. Like I didn't know what was I was reading, but I was reading it cover to cover because I was like, okay, my grandmother is gone. And I'm wondering, is she in heaven or is she in hell or, you know, but mm -hmm. I knew before. And the thing is, before, like a couple of months before she died, she was like, hey, she used to call me me. She was like, me, we got to get back in church. You know, we got to, we got to get in church. I had never gone to church. This is a couple of months this before like, she well, died? A couple of, yes. Oh my God. So I feel like I... And later on, I, I I do believe she is she was she was a believer, but she had felt fallen you know away from church. She had stopped going to church. But a few months before that, we we're going to work, and she was like, "We need to start back going to church." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you find one, I'll go." Yeah. You know, and so, and I feel like, you know, the Lord. I mean, I I'm just just talking about it now. I'm like, man. But um, anyway, I was reading. And so I'm reading. Do, do you think the Lord was in her ear about going back to church? I or? do. Okay. I do. Is I that really what you're do. Hearing? I mm -hmm. do. I feel like the Lord, I mean, you know, he's so gracious. He's so graceful. 
I, I do believe like something in her was saying, you know, the, the spirit was drawing her back. Um, yeah. And with, for whatever reason, you know, it didn't it didn't happen. But um, so I was reading the Bible. And so when I got back to work, though, it was like, like I said, it, it was difficult. Um, I had started taking sleeping pills to kind of, you know, because I couldn't sleep at night. Because every time I closed my eyes, I would see her, you know, in the casket. You know, I started taking pills and stuff. And so, but when I was at work, there was this book in the drawer called Powerful Living. I don't know if it's a it's an old book like it was because um, I used to watch the infomercials. There was like these different celebrities. They would tell their testimonies of how they came to Christ. And I was like, me. So the book was in the drawer at work. I don't remember. I don't even know whose it was. That's the thing. I worked with like maybe four or five other people. And I don't know whose book that was, but that book was in that drawer. And I read it from cover to cover. And I was like, well, I'm going to order my own because I don't want to take somebody else's book. <laughs> so I read it from cover to cover. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I want what they have. Okay. I want what they have. And so maybe like a month later, uh, I was in my grandfather's living room and I accepted Christ right then and there on the floor. Like, and I mean, you know, a lot of people's like, oh, there's lights. I mean, it was just a peace that came over me once I, you know, confessed him as my Lord and Savior. It was like, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to be this person anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that is how, pretty much how I came to to Christ at that time and that was the summer of 1999 so she died like two days before Mother's Day and which is still you mm. know difficult to think about mm -hmm. you know two days because we had bought her all this stuff and then we had to send it back to her so um but you know it really it, it hit hard mm. um and from there you know, life was like, it, I, it would be so easy for me to say that everything was perfect after accepting him. But, you know, I was pretty much on my own. I felt like on my own. I had the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really educated in the things of God. I really didn't have anybody um, to really discuss about it. The people that I grew up with that were going to church, they weren't, they had moved away. And so I was kind of like, I can't really talk to anybody about it. I, so it was just me. I feel like it was just me and God at that time. And, and whatever instruction or just reading the word or whatever he could show me um, at the time, it was it was it was kind of it was kind of crazy um, <laughs> during that time. Yeah. There was a lot of um, I still didn't I still struggle with my identity. I was doing stupid stuff, you know, um, being promiscuous, drinking, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. But I didn't go too far, too, too far out there, I, I, I guess, so to speak. Um, but I was still making, like, stupid decisions at the time. Okay. It was crazy. Still a lot of ups and downs, but I knew that, I knew that he was there. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that it didn't have to be the way it, the way it was. Okay. Um, so, after that... You know, life goes on. I'm maturing. Um, I did start going to a church like in 
That was in 99. I really didn't go to church until 2003. 2003-ish, um, I went to the Word of Life Center. And that was that opened up a whole new, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that church, but that opened, opened up a whole new realm of what being spirit-filled and spirit-led mean. I, I learned a lot going there, and I matured um, going there. I felt like I was going in the right direction once I got to that, you know, to mm-hmm. that. And during that time, I met my husband. Um, we were working at the same place then. Um, he was more mature in the Lord, and so he also taught me a lot of things as well. Um, but at the time, like in 03, I, my dad, he was never around. He, he I, you know, I, he was never around. Even, um, even when you were younger? When I was younger, yes. Okay. He was not around. He would try to call, um, and, you know, I talked to him for a little bit. And then, because it, it was like this out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I wanted my father around. But then again, it was like, I don't know you. It's mm-hmm. like, so he, he was very, he was absent for a lot of times. And so... And I used to, but as I got older, I used to wonder, like, you know, wonder about him, what type of person he was, you know, what he did, um, all kind of stuff. I used to wonder about it. You know, I'd see other, my friends with their dads and I'm like, man, I want my dad around, you know, I, even though I had a very loving grandfather, you still kind of wonder and want your, your biological father around. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had a chip on my shoulder because of it. And I know that's why I had a attitude you know young had an attitude or whatever so in 0203 um circumstances he came back into me and my mom's life he came back into our lives and um they got they kind of reconnected they got back together we moved in with him um and everything was good at first everything was great at first until the you know he drank um and I was drinking too at the time. So, I mean, it was like, mom, I was like teetering, whatever. I didn't, it wasn't excessive, but I was still, you know, a drinker. But, um, but he would get drunk. He um, wanted to, I'll just say, he wanted to do things with me that a father should not want to do with, with his daughter. I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. And so that was very, very difficult. Um, I started cutting um, a little bit. Um, I started sleep all kind of crazy. I started sleepwalking because the stress of it. It was like so bad. I wanted to move out so bad. And how old were you? I was in my twenties. I was in my twenties. Okay. Um, and I wanted to move out, but my job, like, man, I cannot afford to move out. I can't afford. I can't afford to move out on my own. And so one day I was laying in bed, and the Lord was like, "You need to get out." And it was an audible voice. Like, it was audible. You need to get out mm-hmm. because it was getting progressively worse. So, on a Saturday, I moved all my stuff out. Well, in between that, I went and applied for an apartment. I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. But I moved out. And at the time, like I said, Stephen, we weren't married yet. But he actually helped me move all of my stuff in one day. Um, it was on a Saturday. And so I moved out of that situation. And into an apartment, I was on my own, and it was like me and God all over again. It was just me and him, um, mm-hmm. you know. So after that, um, 
Stephen and I, we got married in 2006. I started working at Shreveport Police Department in 04. Um, yeah, we got married in 06. Um, we had a pretty good marriage up until I found out about the infidelity. Um, but other than that, it, it was a pretty good marriage. Um, what, let me backtrack. Um, the, the, the issue with my dad, you know, a lot of people, I tell a lot of people like, you know, I'm glad my father wasn't around when I was young because I feel like I wouldn't have been able to defend myself against, you know, the mm -hmm. stuff from there. But yeah, um, but yeah, we moved. I moved out. We got married in '06. I was working at SPD in '04. Um, we had a great marriage. Um, in 2008, I found out he was um, being unfaithful, and that was very devastating for me. Very, very devastating. Mm -hmm. um, but we decided, you know, hey, we're going to work this out. We're going to stay because, you know, Christians don't get divorced. We don't get divorced. We don't throw in the towel easy. Um, so, um, yeah, we were married. We, we worked it out. But it was like I was, I say we worked it out, but it was still in the back of my mind. Like, what is he doing? It was like still in the back. It, it was it was still there and he was still doing the same thing so mm. um, my health started to suffer I started to fall back into those old um, patterns of drinking and um, taking pain medication and so it was very difficult um, at the time and I'm like Lord you know something's got to give we, we have to do something I suggested counseling we I suggested I switch shifts at work because we work two different shifts I'm like well hey I'm gonna come to this shift that you're on and we're gonna work this out didn't work um, and so my health really started to suffer then hmm. um, I was having heart palpitations um, it, it was crazy um, and then I was get, also getting tormented um, it's like when you're not following the Lord like you're supposed to, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, I feel like that that opens a door for the enemy to come in mm -hmm. and do what he wants to do. And I feel like that's where the torment started. I, I couldn't go to sleep. I would see when he would go to work, it's like immediately something would come into the room. Like I would lay down and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And it was like something would come over the room, come into the room, either hover over me, pin me down. Um, one day, like I said, one time it squeezed my hand so hard that when I did wake up, my hand was hurting for at least two or three hours afterwards. And that really, like, that was like, no, something has to give. While you were asleep, yes, you dressed? Yes, And I woke up and my hand was hurting so bad. Um, and so, and even, you know, even with all this going at home, I'm still going to work. I'm still doing this stressful job. I'm stressful there. Mm -hmm. And I know some of my coworkers could probably pick up on what was going on, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell, I didn't even tell my mother that a lot of this was going on at home until after the fact, until after I moved out. Mm -hmm. um, she suspected something was wrong, but she didn't want to say anything. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of people didn't even know this. And so I was like, Lord, I, I need the strength to either leave or the strength to stay. I don't, I don't know what to do. My health is suffering, Lord. I don't know what to do. And so I moved out in 2014. Um, I moved out. 
And during that time, like I said, we were having difficulties. We were going to a church, but then we stopped. And it was so easy to stop because they didn't, you know, how you notice someone's not there. And then you call and say, hey, is everything okay? Are y'all good? Whatever. It was like, it was so easy for us to just fade into whatever. And so I stopped going. Um, And like I said, I moved out. And... I was still having difficulties because it's hard when you you don't want to walk away from a marriage. You don't. That's never the. You never want to do that. You. I mean, you just don't want to do that at all. And it's even though it was I was having difficulties. You, you walking. That's no easy or light thing that you. That's that's heavy that you have to. You know. You feel like you have to walk away. And so I moved out in August of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um. And after that, it was like, I mean, it didn't get easy, though. Um, I was still being tormented in my sleep um, by the demonic, and it was crazy. Were, were um, you still drinking, though, and doing pills and stuff um, like that? I wasn't doing pills, but I was still, like, have a glass of wine or two. I would still drink, not as heavily, but I was still, I would still drink. And like I said, that is an access point as well, because... That I'm I'm walking in I'm not walking in who he made me to be so I'm doing all this you know crazy stuff so, and then so the attacks would they happen like the night that you would drink or would they just happen sporadically? It wouldn't happen necessarily when I would drink all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it would happen. I mean, it was like sporadically. There was no like pattern. There was no, I could just, like, man, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then it would, boom, there it is. It's like, come into my room and do whatever, you know, just stick. Like, one time it just stood, whatever it was, just stood there. Mm. And I was like, I'm going crazy. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going crazy. Right. Like, something. <laughs> and you don't want to tell anybody. Right. Because, you know, so, um, or sometimes, like, I could feel something come in and sit on my bed or, and it, and, it, and it just freaked me out. I would start playing worship music, though. Um, sometimes that would help. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it wouldn't. Um, so it, it was it was difficult. And I'm like, Lord, something has... I have to do something. I'm desperate because I'm not sleeping. This thing, something has to give. I and, don't know what to do. And, like, during this time, are you, like, before, you're, before you're, you pray out and cry out to him mm-hmm. here, are you... And when the presence is coming in your mm-hmm. room, are you like away from the church and God? Right, of, right. Or are you seeking Him? I haven't gone back. I haven't actually gone back to church at that moment. I see. Because, um, like I said, I moved out in t- 2014. Um, we were going. So between 2012 and 2014, 2015. I'll just say 2014, 2015, I was not going to church. I wasn't, you know, seeking God like I should have been. I wasn't depending on him. You know, I wasn't, you know, you know, I would try to pray and it was like, this is pointless. You weren't following him. I wasn't following him. Right. I wasn't following him and I wasn't allowing him to do what he needed to do in me. And so, and like I said, that that's easy for the enemy to come in and say, Hey, gotcha. You know, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so, so you cried out to God. I cried out to God, right? And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I don't know. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to read the word. I'm trying to do all this. And he said, and it was like a, and it was so distinct. It was like a still, this, this kind comes out 
by prayer and fasting. Mm. And that's when I went on that 21 day fast. Now, I've tried to do that since then to go on a 21 day water fast and it doesn't work. I believe that he gave me that word and he gave me a specific grace to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. who goes 21 days without eating and just drinking water? <laughs> so I know that he he had us. It was a special grace on my life for that. And on the last day, on the last day, that thing left me, mm. and I saw it leave. It and, it and it hasn't come back since. What do you mean it you saw gone. it? I saw it leave. I saw. I didn't see what it was, but I saw the dark, the the black figure. It was all dark, and it just left. Mm. It like it left out of my like it went through the door and it disappeared and mm-hmm. it left and it has not come back at all and then the day after that my spouse called me and he called me and apologized he was called he was crying on the phone and he was like I don't know what's going on but I want to tell you that I am so sorry that I apologize for everything that I have done you did not deserve that God, I mean and I'm just sitting there holding the phone I'm like in shock like okay okay and I mean he was like really crying really bad and he was very repentant mm-hmm. he was very you know please forgive me he said I know we may or may not get back together but I need you to know that I'm I'm sorry I'm deeply sorry for everything that I've done and I feel like that that was another reason could have been that the Lord had me do that fast too because up until then it hadn't you know, we had tried to get back together during that time, but um, and, and I, there was a lot of bitterness there. And so I believe that all that, that fast, all that, he there was like a maybe a twofold thing for that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, because after that, it's like I haven't had any issues with that anymore. I don't have any more bitterness um, or unforgiveness towards him or anymore. He can call me right now. I mean, and we just talk on the phone like friends. It's like, and it's crazy, but... um but that is um that was a i never experienced anything like that before ever mm-hmm. um and so the demonic activity stopped after the fast yes it stopped wow. now when my head hits the pillow it's like i, I fall wow. asleep like that i mm-hmm. pray and I'm, I'm asleep like that and what do you so what do you think opened all that up i mean just to clarify uh, just the up. just the alcohol and the drugs and stuff like just, that. Just the lack of not following Christ. The lack of not following yeah. him, basically. That's what I think too. <laughs> the lack of not acknowledging him and following him that opens the door for so much. And if you don't mind, like I, you know, I know this is your thing, but you know, I can just testify too mm-hmm. with what you're saying because when I wasn't following Christ but thought I was, mm-hmm. I would have these presences call you know follow me. And so in my mind, I would hear, you know, terrible things. And then I would feel this presence mm-hmm. like behind me mm-hmm. or on my back or something like while yeah. I'm out in public, oh, you know? Wow. So, but I remember once I like turned from my sins and like Repent. really started yes. seeking just like you. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, that, that's good. I mean, I mean, and it says it clearly in the word, like, you know, repent, I mean, and turn, turn away from it. And like I said, when we're out there, when he, God's here and we're out there doing whatever, it, I mean, we're just out there for the enemy to come in and do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, 
And so there's a reason why the Lord says, you know, depend on me, count on me, you know. And so, um, but yeah, and now, like I said, I'm still, I'm, and here's the ironic thing. God is so good. Um, The apartment that I'm living in right now, it's right across the street from the hospital where my grandmother um, passed away in the, in, in the hospital. So it's like, it's a reminder of that was, that was the moment when I called to him, when I was like, Lord, I, yeah, you know, I bar, I bargained with him or tried to make a bargain with him. Like, um, you know, and so it's like, it's full circle. I, and I look at the hospital and I don't feel sad. I don't feel like my grandmother passed over there, over there, but that is what ultimately led me back to, you know, we always look at things in a bad way or in a difficult way, but I feel like her death, actually led me back to led me to him Mm -hmm. if that if that makes sense sure um you know we have things so many things in our lives that we perceive as bad we perceive as difficult Mm -hmm. but it that actually led me to to him and i can't i i don't even feel I don't know. I'm I'm just so grateful for everything that he's done and is doing, and how he led me to freedom, which was wild, which was um, crazy. But um, I had a dream. I was actually preaching in freedom, um, well, preaching in a church that looked like freedom. And mm-hmm. then the day that I walked in, I'm like, it's crazy, and it looks just like the church. So, so this um, is Freedom Church in Bossier City. In Bossier City on Airline Drive, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the Lord, I mean, and it's amazing how He works, though, and how He brings us full circle, and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, He's amazing. And so now it's just me and Him again. You know, I feel like He he wants to cultivate something in me. He wants to cultivate our relationship, because that's the most important thing, is is our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't trade, and like I said, all the bad stuff that I had to go through which was some of my own fault some of fault of other people it's still what the and and it may sound cliche but it's true what the enemy meant for bad god turned it around for his good and for his glory and for my good so Mm -hmm. i have no like you know regrets in that in it and it's crazy um but it's it's good and it's in my heart like i went to leadership school last year or the, yeah, that was last year. I went to leadership school. And when I told you that I got um, the the abortion, um, I was still holding a piece of that. You know how you repent and, you know, yeah, the Lord forgives you, but there's still a piece of something that's not, that that's still clouding your heart of what you've done. So um, when I was away at that school, that, that actually, I actually had an awesome experience where the Lord actually redeemed that completely. And it, I have experienced him in an entirely new way. It's like during worship one day and I was like, I have to tell the the story. It's a long story. I have to tell it some other time, but, and it was during worship where um, he showed me like the child, he showed I'm sorry, he showed me the child, and it's like, even though the enemy stopped the plan of, you know, and purpose for the child here, still fulfilling his purpose in heaven with me. Hmm. And it was just really redemptive, and I, and, and it's like I experienced God in a whole new way now. Our relationship is much, I, I feel his presence more. It's, mm-hmm. it's because you, you, 
fault yourself for so much and you condemn yourself when God says, I don't condemn you. You know, you've laid it at my feet. I don't condemn you anymore. Mm. So it's, it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. Okay. That's so good. Well, this is Senerica Gibson and her awesome testimony. Uh, so this is episode two and we're going to let, uh, we're going to let Peyton kind of uh, close us out. But, Senerica, thank you so much thank you for, for putting all that out there right. and, and being <laughs> in, in our home. We really appreciate it. We love you, okay? Love you all, too. I appreciate it. All right. If you've enjoyed Senerica's testimony, you can find her on Facebook at Flawed, Worthy, and Free or at www.flawedworthyfree.com. Witness Podcast is hosted and edited by Caleb and Peyton Lytle. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe to us. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next time.